This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good mate, thanks for asking. Excellent. So, last week we answered a question from Frank and his partner. Yes. All about different languages and... Um, I think I remember where this is going. Absolutely. Well, I wrote it down to remember this, to ask you about it. <laughs> Excellent. And no, it's not about my fictional girlfriend, Maria. Right, okay. What Save it is, that for a separate podcast. <laughs> yeah. A long one. What it is, is we mentioned at the end of that podcast, because we were talking about different languages and, and if there was two different languages within the family and talking to the dog. And then we, we brought up at the very end, if your dog was deaf, mm-hmm. and we were talking about hand signs and body language. And then I said, what about if your dog's blind? And you said, let's park that and we'll do it for another Barkcast. Well, this Here is we that Barkcast. <laughs> I guess the first question is, and we're going to start on the deaf one, so how do I train my dog to come back if it's deaf? But before that, how do I know if my dog is deaf? And that's, that's actually more of the interesting part of the question, because a lot of the time people think, my dog is deaf, when actually the, the dog's just ignoring you. And you, we've, we've all, all of us, myself included, said, yeah, my dog's got selective hearing. It's a bit like the kids, right? <laughs> I got an ex-wife like that. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I think selective hearing is perhaps one of the phrases I hear more often than not, that the dog knows what to do but chooses not to. In reality, that's usually not the case. So it, that is the case of the dog not knowing what to do and just carrying on doing what they do. Now, in terms of actual genuine hearing loss, that's something you will notice over a course of time. And for balance here, my elder Sassy, I've noticed in the last few months, actually, yeah, her hearing is tapping out. And it's... Is it a case of she's getting older and deciding she can ignore me a bit more? It's no, and there's no hearing a test that you can do. Like we can, we can go to the doctor and say, when you hear this tone, click a button, right? I can't do that with the dog. Two questions on this one. Go. How do you know that Sassy's losing her hearing? So, testing she, it. But, but she's a very well-trained dog. Recently. So she's, she, <laughs> well, you'd hope so. Yeah. But she wouldn't ignore you. Correct. And she, uh, and, and she also, she was, she's not stubborn. She's not a stubborn dog, that's for sure. Yeah. So how do you know? So my, how I know or how I'm fairly sure, is perhaps the safe way of putting it, is by just doing my own test that any of you listeners or anyone can do at home. So if my dog is not looking at me, maybe looking out the window, I will call her name really quietly. I maybe clap my hands really quietly. I'll make a sound and see if there's any response. Click my fingers. If there's none, I'll go a little bit closer. Um, and at some point, I'll get a response from the dog. So, And I'm then judging what is the response. And particularly for me, I've noticed with Sassy, I can be calling her name and she'll just be away with the fairies, you know, going for a walk or a sniff. And if I get close enough and I'm waving my hand, um, at that point, you can see almost this look of, oh, 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 hello, it's you. So... It's more about just a, just trying to test it yourself by creating these sounds and noises. Because you know your dog. You know how your dog responds. My dog barks incessantly at the doorbell. All of a sudden, the bell's going nuts, and the dog's just not even budging. Now, some of that could be they're anesthetized to it, because you know I've had the dog seven years. It doesn't care about the doorbell anymore. But if there's certain things that your dog would normally bark or react to, that's not just a visual stimulus, but an audio one predominantly, which you can create that's going to give you a fairly good indication. If your dog is consistently showing poorer response, then yeah, they might be losing their hearing. 
Now, for older dogs, I can imagine that it does happen. Yep. As with old yep. age, I mean, my yep. eyes are going, your eyes are going, and who said that? <laughs> However, you just mentioned that there was no um, hearing test for dogs. Not that I'm aware of. So, I mean, th- there might be some scientific studies that have been and, and all of that, but in terms of a general layman's test, no. So, an older dog will maybe lose its hearing. Then we're going to thumb to press the button. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> what about a puppy? Mm-hmm. And what about when you're going to? To buy a new puppy, and there are certain breeds, yeah, yeah. and I've heard I, I, I might Dalmatians. Be yeah, well, this is mm. my my ex yeah. has just got a down or I've had a Dalmatian now for a few months, and they inherently have bad hearing. Mm-hmm. So how would you know when it's a puppy? So, and this would good end down if we're dealing with specific breeds. The breeders themselves should be doing, you know, and we, I think we've done podcasts on breeders before. They should be doing some intensive aptitude testing with all of their puppies anyway. So the, the breeders should know. And again, that's just all about creating sounds and seeing responses to the dog you know as well as i do that we live in a in a place where breeders might not be as no and um, to be fair i mean that, that would happen most places so what if the breeder hasn't done it should we be checking these things when we buy a new puppy yeah absolutely i mean there's a, a raft of things that i'd be checking on a puppy before i go and buy it for the deaf thing um obviously blind you can probably it, it's probably easier for largely uh, you could see that yeah, but for the deaf thing, would you just click by its ears? Or t- I'm just trying to, yeah, you know, for someone to come. Click your fingers, clap your hands, make a sound, whistle. So, and a lot of the time, it, it's not just oh, the dog carried on walking away when I was clapping my hands and whistling and shouting. <laughs> Maybe the dog just didn't care about you, but you know, crumpling up a bit of paper or or doing, creating audio stimuli over time in in various um, in environments as well, you'll start to see. Because either the dog is going to respond to something or it's just generally not responding to anything. It might respond like if it's looking at you and you're clapping your hands and the dog comes running. doesn't necessarily mean it heard you. It just saw this exciting thing in front and ran towards it. That's going to be more visual than audio stimulation. And in all fairness, I've noticed with my dogs when they're lying down to sleep and I, I've got quite clicky ankles and I sometimes click my yeah, ankles while I'm watching TV. Ear, right? Yeah, and the ear will just twitch yeah. up. And I guess that's a, a sign that they can hear it. Yeah. So they're responding to some sort of audio stimulation. Okay, so the dog is going slightly deaf mm-hmm. um, or is deaf. What do we do? What do we do? And how, how would you train this dog? And, and I, let's say it's happening to an older dog that might already be trained, I guess. But what yep. if it's a dog that hasn't been trained or needs some extra training? So, so I guess, sorry, there's about three questions there. Um, well, that's, that's actually an interesting one. So, and I said it because I've worked with deaf dogs before. Um, and for me now going potentially going through this with my own dog, who, yeah, I'd like to think Sassy's fairly well-trained and fairly obedient. But now when she's you know, 200 feet away and I'm saying, Sassy, come here, she's just blatantly not hearing it. How do I get her back? So it's not about whether she's untrained or, or trained. At the same point, if she can't see me, and also bearing in mind, even if the dog has full vision, their vision over distance isn't great. So a lot of the time you could be standing there going, Rover, Rover, come here. No, come here. But because you're not moving, you're just a blur in the distance. If you start waving your arm and moving side to side, they'll, they won't see you, but they'll see this moving blur associated that with the sound and come to it. If we don't have sound to play with now, I need something else. Now, generally what I would advise with dogs that are either deaf or potentially going deaf is to use a remote collar. 
which provides stimulus on the dog itself. And it's not about driving thunderbolts of lightning through the dog and destroying them. Well, we have talked about remote collars <coughs> yes. before. Just, just to, a, a remote collar is what some people... Like call an, it an electric collar. Yeah, that's so what just, everyone just, refers, to. Everyone yeah, yeah. refers to. But we don't like to use it because it's not... It, just call it electric collar. It's easier, yeah. But it's just a, it's a very small... Like you're putting a tongue on a, on a, on a battery as a, as a kid. For, I... I yeah, there's that yes kids for sure kids don't do that by the way but as when we were growing up we yeah, had the little yeah. square batches that's how we had fun before playstation kids <laughs> <laughs> you'll you you'll learn that one day yeah, yeah, when the world's yeah. gone to pot yeah you have no idea how how, how much fun are. there are um or like when you reach for your car and you get a static shock off the car right so or a trolley or something like that that's what it is and equally you can set them as as low as just a basic vibrate so it's just like your phone vibrating in your in your pocket so, and again, now I can work with the dog to, once you feel that vibration or that stimulus, to connect to me. In a very simple process, I would go back, have the dog on a long line, the dog walks away, it can't see me at the moment, I can apply a stimulus. As I've applied said stimulus, the dog looks around, it sees me, I'm waving them to come back to me, I can guide them back to the leash, I can then turn the stimulus off. So, okay, repeat it over time. If I feel that stimulus coming back to you, shuts it off. So the, the electric collar mm-hmm. is, is a good... So if you can't have one of them, could you... This, this is going to sound ridiculous. What about semaphore flags or colourful <laughs> flags? Smoke signals. Yeah, or anything yeah. like that, though. But again, you, you're if you're relying on anything visual, whatever it is, you know, put on a tutu and do a Morris dance to get your dog's attention. That's great if they can see you. But if your dog's wandering off in t'other direction, if your dog's chasing the, another dog or a cat, they're not looking at you. Is this as a sensible time now to be on a long leash? Yeah. And again, going back in terms of, again, with Sassy, she tried to chase a cat the other day. So, and I can call up until now, I can very easily call Sassy off a cat in, in mid-flight. All right? She will she'll stop dead. She won't be happy about it, but she'll stop. Whereas now with her hearing, and I'm going, Sassy, stop. She's not hearing me. She's not hearing the sound. So instinct is kicking in. The quirky upside is her hips are going and sassy running isn't very easy at the minute. So she sort of gives up very quickly. So I've, I have an automatic brake built in. But if I'm dealing with a dog that's in, in full health but just can't hear, you can shout as much as you want. They're just not going to hear it. So using anything visual, using something like a big flag or something, any sort of movement is great if the dog can see you, especially if they're far away, because they will tune into that movement as opposed to, because everything is gray, really. They see on a blue to yellow spectrum. So anything outside of that is just a gray blur. So the, the sensible thing is, is get yourself a really long leash. Have them on a long line. And, I, and that's something I've considered now doing with Sassy, just in case she decides she doesn't see something. She doesn't see the motorbike. She doesn't see a person. She doesn't see something. Or someone walking up behind her. And this is another thing. I was going to take her to the coffee shop the other day. And the thought that went through my mind is, what if she's sitting there and someone comes along to pet her? Which she's been totally fine with before. But in the same way, if someone just walked up behind you and put their hand on your shoulder, it would freak you out if you weren't expecting it. And the last thing you want is for an agitated dog. Her hips are going, maybe she's in a bit, you know, not quite so comfortable. And some child comes along and grabs her or pets her heavily. That's going to make her very uncomfortable. And with Sash, she's always been a little bit upset when people get close to her head as well so and yeah. she knows they're coming and she'll give you a little yeah, growl but if she knows and she's that, done if, that to me if she knows that they're coming but if she doesn't know they're coming all of a sudden someone's touching her head I, she's going to she's yeah. going to freak out yeah as, and her. to be fair as with any dog as with a lot of people 
So to dial that back, yeah, a remote collar, which has to be trained properly and connected so the dog understands, oh, this vibrating thing is connected to you. I need to find you. But ultimately, you're also dealing with the fact of how far away my dog can be so that they can at least, I've got some sort of visual acuity that if they're looking around, that they can see kind of where I am. I think we've nailed the, the, the deaf dog, so to speak. How does this apply to those that are losing their sight? Yeah. In the same way, th- those are your two options. I would argue, if I've, my dog is blind, I would have them on leash. Because ultimately, they can't, especially if they're blind and deaf. I mean, they, they need guidance, they need help, in the same way we would. So they're going to walk into the wrong thing, they're going to walk into, and I live on a, next to a lake, right? It's or a road, or anything. So... Realistically, if they're blind, it's definitely on a leash. I, yeah, I would go with that. And I, I mean, I guess, you, yes, you, uh, could you use a remote collar for them? Yes, of course you can. But then I've got nothing. They're feeling this vibration. And I, even if they're connecting, yeah, that's to do with you. Where do I, which direction do I go in? And, and the blind dog surely should be on a shorter leash as well, closer to you. Because you don't want it on a long leash, surely, because it could just drop off the, the yeah. edge of the cliff. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you've got this dog on this long leash. So when up. it comes to that, I'm less concerned. As long as you've got control of the dog, if your dog's on a... 100 foot long line I'm less concerned about that as long as you can see the dog and you've got and enough there's time no to, walls for it yeah, to walk into yeah right as long as you've got as long as you can reel them in quickly when you need to then I'm, I'm quite happy with that and just my last thing about the, the electric collar I, I'm, I'm assuming they should come and have proper training for a deaf dog uh, for sure because I mean A if specifically for use with a dog that's losing its hearing um, a vibration collar is for the most part all, all we're really talking about here you, the use of the of the stimulus in its relation to distraction is something we could, yes, we could talk about, but we could bench that for now. We're just talking about getting the dog's attention with some sort of stimuli that isn't audio. So yes, and I need the dog to connect it. When I feel that, it's connected to you. And I would do that A through leash work to show them coming back to me shuts this off. And I need the dog to understand that process. Otherwise, they're now feeling the stimulation and either it becomes desensitized to it or they're panicking because I don't know what this means and it doesn't turn off and, and what do I do? And I, I I run off. So I think the best thing to do is that if you do have a deaf or a, a blind dog to come and see you up at Canine Point Academy and actually get if it you, checked properly. No, I, well, first I would go to a vet. Um, secondly, if you're if we're deaf and blind are two separate issues. If my dog is going blind, I'm starting to think I'm just keeping them on leash. It's just safer for them as it is obviously would be for us. If it were just talking about their hearing that's going, and this you can start to test yourself. And I've had people that have tested this. They've then taken the dog to the vet and been surprised that the vet did the same thing, stood behind them, clapped their hands, you know, stuff like that, um, to see if you get any audio response. And if you're concerned about it, that is something I would keep a log of over the coming days and weeks. And just to see, you, you'll get a gauge from it. And then it's a case of, again, either I'm just keeping my dog on leash. Well, I don't want my dog to have a run around. Great. But now you need to be in a position that I can get my dog's attention through some other means. Cool. I think you've nailed it. Cool. Thanks, Russ. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. Barkcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.